Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. The CTA, the Canadian Trucking Association, support being vaccinated. Uh, they do not support this convoy. That was the voice of Ron Foxcroft, who has been on uh, this program talking about the trucking issue, the trucking industry, and uh, it's issues that have to do with the supply chain with uh, David Carruth. Um, who's also a trucker from, a trucking executive from Hamilton. And I just want to add this, that uh, Ron Foxcroft and his family are amazing people. They do so much for this country. They do so much for their community of Hamilton. And we talked earlier about the National War Memorial, and that's where Corporal Nathan Cirillo was murdered on the 22nd of October 2014. Young Corporal, 22 years of age, I think he was, uh, in a terror act, and um, a member of the Argyll and Sutherland Regiment. And Ron Foxcroft was the honorary colonel for that regiment. And uh, he went to, at, at the bequest of Her Majesty the Queen, flew to London and met with the Queen in her private apartment. And uh, she, she was very much involved with the regiment, and uh, it, was, it was quite a quite a uh, quite a meeting. So now uh, I don't know how I introduced this guy after that because he hasn't met the Queen, but he has had the opportunity to play golf with me. And you almost didn't make it, did you? Almost didn't survive that day. And well, you you. You have many shots in your bag. We can leave it at that. And one of them, I guess we can't leave it at that, because one of them was to almost behead me. <laughs> oh, my God. Steve Foscross is the vice president of Fluke Transport Group, and we were playing golf. <laughs> He's right. I have a lot of shots in my bag, and I never would know which one's coming out of the bag at any given time. And, yes, there was that little stanchion that holds up the roof on a golf cart, and Steve was standing behind that, and my shot hit that thing at about 600 miles an hour. I don't know why I'm laughing. How are you? <laughs> well, I'm good. I'm still alive after that day. And I, the angle of uh, whatever it is in map I learned in school, it helped. Ricochet is a good, good word to use on do, the golf course with you, Roy. Do you, know, do you know what? When I started in radio, and I did rock radio, we weren't supposed to use our own names necessarily, so they asked me if I wanted a, a made-up name, and I said, yeah, call me Rick O'Shea. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but I was never Rick O'Shea. <laughs> so, look, seriously, seriously, because you're, you're in the trucking business every day from morning until night. That's where you live, at Fluke Transport, and uh, if it's on time, it's a fluke. I offered to be a driver, and you said, we'll change the slogan to it'll be on time when Roy gets there. Um, <laughs> but, right. But, but look... What are you up against? If we can just start with that, as an industry, I'd like your perspective. You're there every day. You talk to the drivers. You set the schedules. You know what's going on. What are you up against? What is the trucking industry up against? 
Yeah, it's challenging times. It's challenging times when, when things go your way. But right now, it's very challenging times. And to start with, infrastructure and traffic congestion and in many parts of Canada, right? If, the, uh, if it's on time, it's a fluke motto. It's difficult to do in, say, southern Ontario and uh, all the other centres around Canada. So that's where it starts. Infrastructure, traffic congestion, um, getting workers right now, getting drivers. It's an ageing population behind the wheel, Roy. And young people, they don't like the long hours. They don't like that it's not a nine-to-five job as well, right? You can start at 2, 4 in the morning. Basically, whenever your first load is required, uh, your delivery point is when you got to start work. And a lot of young people don't like that. Um, some of them, they're not just sitting behind the wheel, too, right? It's It's physical work at times, too, if you have to load or something like that and that's just it doesn't endear itself to young people uh, another business challenge right now through the pandemic has been in our shop and equipment sometimes if you need a part for a truck it's not available it might take months to get it or in our shop we've had things like say brake drums or just something that we need routinely during the pandemic we've ordered a pallet of, of parts it's gone up five hundred dollars each and say we need them every three months or so, $500 more every time we've ordered a pallet of parts. And that's just one item. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just one example of it. So, so, so the reason challenges. Yeah, so the, so the reason I ask that is because people, you know, they say, so, so, you know, so what? Here's why, so what? Because as Steve will tell you, as Ron has told me many times, as you've heard many times on the air, everything that we own, everything that we have arrived on a truck. And and it's so critically important that the trucks remain moving. And as Steve's dad, Ron, has told us, 5 to 30% of trucks, and David Carruth has told us, 5 to 30% of trucks are sitting in the yards idle because they don't have the drivers. So if we can take the problems and the issues that are, uh, I don't want to say generic, but they're, they're your reality right now. And trucking has never been an industry that's been completely predictable. Um, if we take all of these realities that you face on a daily basis, Steve, Steve, and we add the issue of vaccine and the cross-border mandate, does that complicate the situation or does it actually make it easier for you because you say, here's where we stand, here's who we are, if you want to drive for us, that's what you have to do? It's, it's both, really, right? Because most of our drivers, we're like the general population. 80-plus percent of our drivers want to get vaccinated and have been vaccinated. Where it comes into play with us is sometimes servicing our customers, right? It's all about capacity. So domestically, we can cover all the loads because it involves 100% of our workforce. But when you throw the cross-border stuff in there, it, it does complicate it because it reduces, again, the number of people that can drive. And I would think, like, a lot of things that the government does and puts in play, they give us a lead time to work up to it, to, to get ready for it. And the vaccine mandate was kind of thrown at us a little bit. It came out of left field a bit, and I think it, it caught some people off guard a little bit. So maybe a little lead time would have been uh, preferred and appreciated because a lot of these drivers, Roy, for two years have been a key component to fighting the pandemic and getting the keeping the supply chain moving. And I think a little bit is just their feelings are hurt. Yeah, 
No, no, no question. Because you know they were heroes. We 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 talked about them. Callers were talking about them. Politicians were calling them heroes because they're the ones who crossed the border. Uh, they, you know, we didn't have a lot of information of COVID about COVID. We knew that it was a pandemic. It was a serious virus, but they went out there and they did what they had to do for us, and they took care of their own families. They stepped forward when a lot of other people would have stepped back. And they were scared, just like a lot of I'm people sure who were, were going into workplaces, right? Yeah. They were scared, too, because they didn't. we didn't know a lot about it at the beginning. So I think that, that's a big part of it as well. So as an industry, uh, knowing the, the driver shortage that you, that you have and knowing that 5 to 30% of trucks are sitting idle, uh, going with your dad's and David Carruth's um, statistic, uh, are you – is the industry in – I don't use, well, I will use the word. Is the industry in some trouble? Because if it is, by extension, so are all of we, and all I have to do is point at the supply chain, Dave. Dave, Steve, yeah. that's your brother. Yeah. It's your other brother. Yeah, Dave. Um, but no, you're right. It is, it is a problem. We are measuring it yearly. We're measuring it weekly and monthly, really. But, you know, it's once in a while. We, we get a call every couple of months where one of our... 25, 30-year guys, he's packing it in, and it's more and more difficult for us to replace it, Roy, like to replace the bodies in the seats, and that's what's leading to these, uh, the equipment being sitting in the yard, not being utilized. So it is something that as we move along, and the current uh, driver pool, as they age, we're not going one for one. When one of them retires, gets out of the business, it's not guaranteed that someone, a young person, say 25, coming out of school, it's not guaranteed that they're just going to slide in and fill that seat. So what I gather from my conversation with you and other truckers that we've talked to and uh, people in the industry is that it's a bit of a scramble to run a trucking firm or run a trucking business right now. And a scramble means i got to find the driver, I have to find the truck, I have to find the load, I have to put it all together, I have to get it where it needs to get to, and then I have to have that truck available to go and fill up again because the supply chain is backed up and we need to get the stuff moving. Is that correct? That's right. And the two things as part of that also, you have to negotiate a, a rate that will cover everything from the customer which then gets translates down the supply chain, like you mentioned. And also the one thing we haven't talked about yet, just like the rest of us, we all have to put, pull into a gas station at some point, right? right? And every trucker, they have to do it every day. And there's the new carbon tax that's come into play. There's gas prices, which we know have skyrocketed. That's just one of the other challenges that I probably should have thrown in at the beginning of our chat. Well, Dan McTagg was telling us just a little while ago that by the May 2-4 weekend, he's expecting the average price for gasoline, and your trucks run on diesel, I don't know what the differentiation is now, but the average price for gasoline by the May 2-4 weekend will be about a buck sixty-five. And that gets back to the rate that we talked about, negotiating yeah. the rate with our suppliers and everything, yeah. and it'll, it'll get passed down the line as well. And, you know, to be honest, Roy, I was scared about the carbon tax. Everyone kept telling me as the year-end that we just went through approach, they kept calling and asking me, how is carbon tax going to affect you? How, how is that? And I kind of put it off because I was afraid. But then we sat down and we did the calculations, and it was. It was frightening, Roy. What's ahead of us that way? It's, 
I guess what it is is all the money we've done to get through the pandemic, it's now got to come back the other way. And that's a big grab that they're going to use to get some of that money back. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.